Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Money, power, politics, drugs, scandal, and fast cars. The incredible story of John DeLorean is the stuff of Hollywood screenwriters' dreams. But who was the real John DeLorean? To some, he was a renegade visionary who revolutionized the automobile industry. To others, he was the ultimate con man. For the first time, framing John DeLorean recounts the extraordinary life and the legend of the controversial automaker tracing his meteoric rise through General Motors and to his obsessive quest to build a sports car that would conquer the world and his shocking fall from grace on the charges of cocaine trafficking. This film is that and more. The film is called Framing John DeLorean, and we're fortunate to have with us today the co-directors of the film. That would be Don Argot and Sheena M. Joyce. To both of you, Sheena and Don, welcome to Film School. Thank you. Thanks for having us. The film alludes to at the beginning of the interview, there have been a lot of people who have wanted to do this story. This is a remarkable story. It's an American story. It has all the elements that I described in the introduction. How did you two become the, uh, the conduits by which we were able to find out the story of, of John DeLorean? Um, Sheena, I'll start with you. Sure. In 2009, we had a film called The Art of the Steel, we were at the Toronto Film Festival and met um, the guys from XYZ Films, who at the time had one of those competing narrative biopics, and approached us about making the documentary companion piece to their narrative. Um, obviously, the narrative, like the other you know, half dozen almost narratives uh, from that time, never happened, um, yet we always stayed in touch and worked together on other projects and kind of circled this DeLorean story. And I guess it was about three years ago now, um, we kind of got back together and thought, well, why don't we take another swing at just doing this documentary and not worry about the narrative? But then in our conversations, we were saying, you know, well, it, there's something fascinating about the fact that, that Hollywood is obsessed with this guy and nobody can quite pull it off. So why don't we talk to the producers and talk to the other, you know, potential filmmakers about what it was about this guy that's so interesting and that, you know, maybe if we start to incorporate some of that into our story, it'll help get to another layer of who John DeLorean really was. Because what was interesting, another thing that was interesting to us is that each of these narrative projects was kind of associated with a different person from John's life. You know, and all of them said they had the real story. So which, which one is it? Who was the real guy? What, what's the true story? Who was the real man? And what are the, the lenses or the frames through which, you know, people view him? Don, is there something about this time and now that also gives some momentum to the telling of the, the John DeLorean story? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think we as a culture are kind of obsessed with dreamers. We're obsessed with people who uh, are the creators of, of things that we love. And, uh, you know, we want to know more about them. And I think there's always the perception that these people are all good or all bad or, or whatever. And I think that, you know, having 
some distance now as he John's been gone for 15 years and his story is is uh is no less relevant now uh, but also gives us we did have the the benefit of time to kind of dig back into the story that not a lot of people were probably thinking about or wasn't on, wasn't on the top of anybody's list like yeah I really want to know more about John DeLorean right. but that's the job of uh, filmmakers to for us that we saw an interest in this and we saw parallels to the kind of the world that we live in now and figure out like this this is a good time to tell the story and frankly i think john's story is timeless you know it's not it is obviously rooted in a time uh in the in the 80s uh, specifically but you know his story spans you know decades longer uh prior to that and then after that as well then but i think people have a very limited understanding of John's story aside from either the back to the future car or you know that there's maybe cocaine crops into people's memory of like oh yeah wasn't he a coquette or you know is he still in jail for cocaine and all that stuff and and so you know it, it was an opportunity to also like you know have the benefit of not many people knowing this story and like bringing it back in a time that I think you know it, it is relevant yeah well that's a good segue into this and without giving away too much of framing john delorean let's lay out for our audience the broad outlines of the life of john delorean so john delorean was a a guy who was born and raised in detroit cars were in his blood his father worked in the ford factory he was a brilliant engineer who started working in the industry right out of school and quickly rose through the ranks. He started at Packard and then, you know, went on to Pontiac, which at the time was the lowest-rated division of General Motors, and he took that as his greatest opportunity, um, that he had some flexibility there and had nothing to lose, and, you know, then created the GTO, so he was the father of the American muscle car. He rises through the ranks of GM very quickly from Pontiac to Chevrolet to the youngest vice president um, that the company had ever had. And to keep in mind that GM was the largest car company in the world at this time. And just as he's poised to ascend to the presidency, he leaves it all behind to start his own car company um, and to make the ethical sports car of the future. And then that's when things start to really go wrong. Right and and <laughs> there it is. How was that? Was that okay? <laughs> that was excellent. That's perfect. Right. And just nice. and just one minor correction to what you said, or maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. GM wasn't just the largest car company. I believe was the largest company in the world at that time. It was. It was the largest company in the world. In the world. So, and so and and I and I'll sort of poke around the edges of what we the film gets into, but. Not only did he make General Motors a lot of money, but he also managed to make some enemies along the way. And Donna, we had, again, I don't want to give too much away, but there were people who were, I'll say, jealous, maybe, they, or maybe they genuinely disliked him, or they thought what he was doing was reckless while he was at GM. But nonetheless, he did manage to acquire a few people <laughs> who who wanted to see him fail. Is that a fair? Yeah. One? Well, I think and that, that therein lies the you know the, these classic uh, archetypes that are you know that are they're per- perfect for you know 
digging deep into a character and and what what propels them forward and it's always like there's always potentially like I'll show them you know there's always that kind of attitude of you know GM was this in, you know enormous institution that really didn't want superstars they wanted the GM was the superstar they didn't need people that uh, that were the 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 faces of GM and GM uh, I think really really resented the fact that John was becoming the face uh you know of of their success and uh they didn't want they wanted their everybody to kind of fall in line and wear the same colored suits and you know just be good good company men and John was not that you know John was the the antithesis of that and i think like there was obviously friction there uh and that's always the thing that kind of you know you you always wonder you always try to find these moments especially when you're doing you know a film was there one moment that was like where John said you know what i'm i'll show these guys you know and and did did, did that or or was it a, a series of moments and people that were against him that that really propelled him to say you know what i'm going to do my own thing now and show you guys how it's done so you know all of these things are great to play with in terms of like you know how to how do people and how do innovators get from point a to point b and what are those moments uh that that get them there yeah yeah i want to remind our listeners we're speaking with the co-directors of a new documentary that's coming out here in los angeles on june 14th at the new art theater and check this out because it is such a it's such a, a wonderful and entertaining watch as well as informative and it's uh, it's much like Art of the Steel. And I, I want to say just, I'm going to go back in time here a little bit and, and say how much I really thoroughly enjoyed that documentary. And in some ways, this, is a, this film is an investigative look. It's sort of a, uh, a detective kind of film. Uh, and, and, and we're finding out things about uh, his life and the circumstances surrounding his downfall. Uh, and much like, Art of the Steel was about things behind the curtain. And that's what this film feels like to me as well. I want to say also that the co-directors are Don Argot and Sheena M. Joyce. Is that a fair comparison? I mean, there's sort of, there, there's, there's some intrigue in both of those films. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, and thank you for all of your kind words. Um, but yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. You know, we wanted to do a kind of, deep dive into this guy, and we wondered why there were so many people that had these wildly differing versions of who the man was. Um, and it was kind of fascinating for us to, to dig deep. As far as, you know, the detective work goes, we, we got all of the FBI's undercover um, video and audio from that time. And so we were able to have really the, you know, never-before-seen and heard complete picture of what went down with the, the government sting there. Um, we were able to talk to the um, undercover DEA and FBI agents who haven't um, spoken to anyone, you know, on camera before. And it was, it's always fun to make those discoveries, you know, and I think it was important for us to show that John wasn't one thing. He was a great dad and he was a shady businessman and, you know, and he had a terrible fall from grace with the, um, the, the, the Coke bust, even though he was set up by the government. But that's still doesn't take away the fact that he was a brilliant engineer and is the father of the American muscle car. Um, It was just a really complicated, fun story for us to dive into. I want to talk a little bit about a a cinematic device that you use in the the telling of this film, and that has to do with Alec Baldwin being kind of uh, a stand-in for John DeLorean in the film and how we see 
which we're seeing more and more of, which I really do like in documentary films, uh, this sort of uh, dramatization, giving uh, John DeLorean a face and a, and a kind of a, a persona within the film beyond what we see in the archival material. Talk a little bit about the decision to go forward with that in terms of the telling of this story. Yeah, I think, you know, well, a couple reasons. One, we want to, you get sick of the straight talking head archival, talking head archival documentary, and we wanted to challenge ourselves and get into this world of narrative scenes or, or recreation, so to speak. We love this idea of, you know, really blending what happened, you know, reenacting, but using the actual audio um, and kind of mashing that up at the end with the drug bust. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we take actual lines from those tapes. It wasn't invented. But John was also a really flat kind of guy as a, as a character, not as a man behind the scenes, but he never really got super angry, um, even at the worst of times. He, he, was, he, he always had this very cool, collected, kind of even demeanor. And that's not super fascinating to watch. I mean, you look in all of his archival, and he's super flat. But like Alex says in the film, you know, there's just chaos erupting around him. Uh, and it was fun to explore that with an actor like Alec, who is smart and thoughtful um, and would ask great questions to kind of help us get to a, a deeper level in understanding John. I liked what Alec had to say when he was talking about how he was approaching John DeLorean as a character. Uh, yeah. Go, go ahead. Well, yeah, I think, I think again, you know, it's, it was a way for us to, you know, obviously John is no longer with us and he's the protagonist of the film. So, you know, how do you bring somebody to life that is no longer here? And I think, obviously, the um, archival footage that's available is good, uh, but, you know, it's, it's not all-encompassing. And so how do you get that layer deeper when you're trying to get to the bottom of who this person is? It just seemed like a great, uh, and having somebody like Alex, who is, as Sheena said, so thoughtful, and the way he approaches things is just inherently very interesting. And then obviously having somebody like Morena, um, who was on board as well, to kind of to dive deep into this character, her character, to really, it just starts to paint a more uh, rich picture, I think, and, and it really serves, I think, to get a, uh, you know, a better understanding of what we're trying to to accomplish with, like, who is this person, and, you know, why did they do what they did, and, I, you know, to kind of use, use this device to its fullest and, and make no bones about what we're doing either. I think, like, that, I think that's one of the things that I, um, that I really like that we were just, you know, we're, we're saying like, Hey, we're not, we're not trying to, this isn't Heath Ledger, you know, getting into the role of, this isn't, you know, De Niro putting on, you know, a hundred pounds to film the last scene of Raging Bull. This is like, Hey, we're telling you exactly what we're doing here. And, and like playing with that and embracing that. What is the takeaway in terms of what you learned about, about John DeLorean, Don, um, in terms of just what was an unexpected part of this story that you learned about with him? You know, I, I think as as some, I always try to make things personal to to me as a filmmaker, and you know, Sheena obviously has her own uh, take on things too. But my my sense is that you always you always 
try to make things relatable to you. And the takeaway for me was, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a father now. Uh, and, you know, I'm also a filmmaker and I also have my own dreams. And I think that this, this film at the end is really about dreams and how far you're willing to go, uh, to achieve those dreams. And then really what the, that, that they're, once you are these different people to other people, businessman, father, you know, um, innovator, you know, you do have a responsibility to other people. And I think that that you do have to, you know, some John, you could say at the end was pretty reckless, you know, with what, uh, with what he, what he willingly kind of walked into in order to achieve his dream. He obviously never thought things would as as most people that are uh, you know really trying to accomplish something, they're not all that worried about the fallout because they probably think they can pull it off in, at the end. And I think that John is that that kind of quintessential you know American you know innovator, where he was a lot of things to a lot of people. He was also somebody who did things to, to to buck the system and he was also somebody who you know flew a little too close to the sun and thought because he was good in one thing he could be good in a myriad of other things and and so all those things i think contributed to his downfall but you know there are real people and real consequences to you know his actions yeah. and uh i think that was the one thing for me as a filmmaker who's a dreamer who wants to continue to make films and you know obviously i'm not going to you know probably get involved in a, a cocaine but a ring to to finance my film films but uh who knows i guess it depends on <laughs> <laughs> well i think we have to leave it at that uh uh the film again is framing john delorean we uh, it opens here in los angeles june 14th at the new art theater uh, and to both of you the co-directors don argot and sheena m joyce thank you so very much for being a part of film school today thanks for having us we really appreciate your time You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.